On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're joined by Clemente Almanza to talk about how exciting the Thunder are right now, how to manage SGA in this back-to-back, and what to look forward to the rest of this season. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms, including on YouTube. And we're joined today by the editor-in-chief over at Thunderwire.com, Clemente Almanza. Clemente, how you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Just trying to stay up for this second straight 9.30 p.m. Central Time tip against the Clippers. And uh, it doesn't get any easier to do that, especially as you get older. That's why we're drinking coffee and uh, <laughs> really late at night. But uh, Clemente, it's been a fun couple of days to be a Thunder fan. Uh, everyone is kind of joining on the bandwagon right now sharing j-dub propaganda sga coach mark propaganda everything's going crazy uh, what's it been like for you over the last two days after beating really four or five days after beating the suns turning around going on the road a tough thing to do in this conference and beating la yeah i think it's been a pretty good couple of days for really all of us in terms of the local beat just getting like a ton a ton more engagement on twitter um like, yeah, I mean, that Clippers win, it, it was huge just for national exposure. I mean, like you mentioned, we're seeing a lot more um, Jade up talk for rookie of the year. We're hearing some Shea whispers for MVP as well, which is the first I've seen this season from national media people. Um, and then today with John Hollinger, he basically said that if the funder reached the playoffs, then he would probably vote for Martin Baynard as coach of the year, which is um, the first time I've seen someone from – the national side uh, vouch for Dayton as coach of the year up to this point. It kind of felt like it's been Mike Brown's award to lose. It's still probably going to go to Mike Brown, but yeah, it's just, that just goes to show just how much winning that Clippers game, uh, how, how huge that was to get um, so much national attention because it kind of felt like after that win that my entire timeline to it, it was nonstop under stuff. Um, but like, yeah, it's been a great few days for OKC. They're definitely getting, been getting a lot more attention. You know, I, I think that that was a, a great way to put it, that that win kind of put everything on the forefront for for everyone. I mean, it felt like every single person in the NBA sphere was watching that game. It helps whenever a lot of people are on the East Coast, that's the last game happening, everyone's going to turn it on. And today, they get back on that stage where they're not only playing in L.A., not only playing the Clippers, but playing on NBA TV where more people have access to it outside of the, the local markets and outside of the League Pass uh, members. But still, um, this will be – an interesting game to to continue to look for. Uh, I think that Mark should have coach of the year recognition and probably should win coach of the year. I think that he's one of the best coaches in the NBA. It's just that we don't usually go out on that limb to say that until we see it in the postseason. And I think that a large portion of that is not only the rings culture, but mo- but mainly independent of that 
it is so much easier and slower uh, where the game kind of slows down for even us in the media where we can just focus on how is team A playing team B. They're going to play each other seven straight times. We can see every little uh, adjustment that they make to that game plan, to that team, to where their adjustments become more real to us as they're happening uh, right in front of our eyes over and over and over again, uh, kind of in real time in that short span. But in the midst of this West Coast trip, game number one was a win on Tuesday against the Clippers. They play game number two today, then game number three tomorrow against the Lakers, and then end it in Portland with game number four. Before the West Coast trip started, Clemente, I said that the best-case scenario would be 4-0. The worst case scenario, of course, is 0-4. That, that was realistic. Now it's gone because they've already won a game. And the most likely case scenario would be finishing 2-2 two and two in this stretch. For you, what do you think will happen the rest of this road trip? Oh, man. Well, um, I, I kind of when, – when the punter had a couple of days off and when they had like 16 games left of the season, I kind of went one by one and picked if they were going to win or lose those games. And I remember during this little four-game road trip, I had them going 1-3. and three. Um, but since then, I think, you know, I kind of side with you on here where the most likely scenario is that they go two on two, but man, after listening to your last lockdown pod, um, I think you are easily the best hype man on the beat. So I'm just going to ride the momentum. I think they're going to sweep all four games. Well, I, I think that it's possible. I think that it's possible to sweep all four games. If you play Shea in all four games, here's the thing, Clemente, we saw pregame Joe Mazzaro tweeted out that. Mark said before the game that they're more open-minded to now play Shea in back-to-backs than they were uh, when he initially came back from injury. Now, that just means that they're willing to evaluate, not that it's going to happen. I will say, Clemente, as of today, which it's already 2.40 in the afternoon, getting this out a little bit later than usual, as of today, SGA is not on the injury report for the Clippers game. So he's going to play tonight against the Clippers, a game in which the Thunder already have the tiebreaker over the Clippers. They do not have the tiebreaker yet over the Lakers. If you were going to do the mix and match game of deciding which game to play him in of a back-to-back set, you would more logically think that they would not play him tonight and play him tomorrow instead to try to secure that that tiebreaker over the Lakers. So with that being said, what is your guess on which games he will or won't play, or will he play both of them uh, in this back-to-back set? Well, I mean, you kind of laid out the facts. I mean, I think the Lakers game – is much more important to OKC than the Clippers game because, like you mentioned, the Thunder have already wrapped up the uh, the uh, tiebreaker against the Clippers by winning the first three games against them. Um, if you were going to say Shea, probably logistically speaking, I know up to this point um, he sat on the second night of these back-to-backs um, after they not first mentioned that that uh, possibility to manage his abdominal strain. Um, but, like, if you just lay out the facts like you just did, it would have probably made more logical sense for him to sit out this Clippers game first and then play him against the Lakers where the result of the game matters a lot more, which kind of makes me believe that the Thunder kind of leaning towards playing shape both of these games. Yeah, I, if I had a guess right now and bet money right now, I would bet on Shea playing tomorrow. That does not mean anything, though. I can totally be completely wrong, but this is a very forward-thinking organization, a very calculated-thinking organization, and in a standings race that's this competitive and this tight, especially with the Lakers – you're going to want that tiebreaker. You're just going to want to have that in hand just in case. And if you don't play Shea tomorrow, that gets increasingly harder to get uh, that tiebreaker over the Lakers to where I think that they're going to play him. If they're going to play him in this one, I think they're going to play him in both. As long as nothing crazy happens tonight, like something something wild could happen tonight where he can't play tomorrow. But um, if all goes well, knock on wood, I would imagine 
that we'll see Shea play in both of these games. But let's start with this Clippers game tonight coming up with the injury reports that are right now. Paul George, of course, will not play. He's been uh, shut down for the next two to three weeks and then will be reevaluated. What is on the line for OKC tonight? We'll talk about all that coming up. But first, I want to say right now, I've got good friends over at the Ultimate Pro Basketball GM game, Clemente, Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. You can go there and download the app on the App Store or go to probasketball.gm.com to get it. If you use our code LOCKDOWN, all caps, no spaces, you get 100% free boost uh, for your franchise. And if you've ever dreamed of being an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise, your dream can come true in this game. It's, it's for you. It's a great game. Strategically, uh, you can play through the season, lead your team to glory as you're responsible for hiring the right coaches and assistants and trading and training for players making draft picks, and managing your franchise through free agency. So go right now to download the Pro Basketball GM game by going to probasketballgm.com. Use our code LOCKDOWN, get 100% bonus boost in your franchise, and check it out today. This game is incredibly addicting. We're all trying to win championships on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We have our own little internal uh, competition right now. I am wiping the floor with the competition, by the way. Already three rings, so make sure you crown me uh, a little bit in this uh, comment section down below and uh, go download the game for yourself and try to win some championships. Try to beat me in, in championships uh, on Ultimate uh, Pro Basketball GM. Clemente, we're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Check out the Game to the Game podcast for a nightly recap show of everything that happened around the association. What's going to happen tonight, Clemente, is that the Thunder are going to take on the Clippers. The Thunder are at 500. They got over the hump. They made it past uh, the 500 rivalry. Can they get over 500 tonight? Oh, yeah, they definitely can, especially with the Clippers now being without Paul George and obviously Norman Powell as well. Um, They definitely can, for sure. I don't know, man. Just playing the Clippers, the last game playing the Clippers, it just feels like the Thunder kind of have their number. I mean, it just feels like a bad matchup for them. I mean, which makes sense, too, because the Thunder are, like, the youngest team in the league. Uh, they play at a decent pace. And then you look at the Clippers roster, and it's, like, nothing but, like, these old 30-year-old, 30-plus-year-old guys. Um, your two-star players, our bodies are at the point where they just keep breaking down. Um, it just feels like the Thunder are just a bad matchup for the Clippers, personnel-wise. And with the Clippers missing Paul George tonight, who was arguably the best player when these teams first played on Tuesday, I just think it increases the odds of OKC winning tonight and sweeping the season series. That would be intense. They're going to sweep the season series. They're going to have to kind of do the reverse of what they did back in October where they played a a Paul George-led Clippers team without Kawhi. Now they're going to play a Kawhi-led Clippers team without Paul George. It's really hard to sweep. And we say that a lot whenever we talk about baseball. You and I are both big baseball fans where it's very hard to get that fourth win over a team consecutively. Obviously, in basketball, it's not consecutively. But these are two, quote-unquote, baseball-style series uh, that happened in October and now now. Uh, four straight wins is really hard over the same opponent, especially when that opponent has Kawhi. But here's the thing. The Thunder have Shea, and they have a player like Kawhi, who as long as he's on the floor, you have a chance to win any game that's out there for you. And so I think it realistically could happen. I think it comes down to um, how good SGA is, but also how good the role players are around him. Um, How good can these young guys continue to play their role on the road? It's really hard to play on the road. It's really hard to play your best on the road. And we see all the time where 
say guys like Isaiah Joe, who are like shooters that help you flow in your offense and kind of play their, their role. They shoot a lot better at home than they do on the road, uh, typically historically in the NBA. So to do that consistently, win two games on the road, road, three games, four games on the road is incredibly hard uh, for a team to do, but it is possible. I think that the biggest key in this one will be Lou Dort. I think if he gets his three point shooting going, then the Thunder should win this game. Like if, if, if you can punish the Clippers for leaving him alone in the corner where he's shot over 40% um, for his career, really, but also specifically in this season, if he can get going from three, then the Thunder will be able to take advantage of that and win this game. I think that if Ludor's having a good three-point shooting night, there's not really much the Clippers can do to counteract that. Yeah, I mean, I just think, I mean, shoot, Shea, Shea has a typical Shea game because, you know, while Shea was great last game, it wasn't up to the standards of the season. 31 points on 25 shots. I mean, um, Shea's kind of spoiled the fan base with his efficient scoring. Um, if Shea just has a regular Shea game that we've grown accustomed to, I think that should be enough to beat the Clippers tonight for sure. I am really excited for what this can do. And Che, as you mentioned, typical games, not only in this season, but in LA, he is fantastic. Like he always dominates in LA and against the Clippers and Lakers in this crypto arena. Clemente, you're going on record pre-pod and during pod that the Thunder are going to sweep the Clippers and they're going to go uh, 4-0 against LA and, and continue this winning streak where they've been one of the best teams in the NBA since uh, the turn of March and since the turn of the calendar year they've been really good as well what is it about this team to you and, and how far can this team go you listen to the pod they listen to the pod you know my opinion on how far they can go but how how far do you think that this team can get in this specific season Oh man, and that's that's a tough question because um, we know how stacked the Western Conference standings are. I mean, I, I feel claustrophobic just looking at the standings. I mean, I know we're all high on OKC right now, but reality is they're only a game above the uh, the twelfth uh, place New Orleans Pelicans. So it really just takes one bad night, and OKC's like right back out of the play-in race. Um, but I mean, besides the record, I mean, if you just open up the hood of the car and just look at their peripheral stats. I mean, I, I think they've been top five in that rating since the new year. They've been top half of the league in both offensive rating and defensive rating. Like you could make a very solid argument that the funders record should be better than what it currently is. And um, if that's the case, I think that's a better tool to judge the funders playoff aspirations than what their record is. Um, and if that's the case. Like I could definitely see, the Thunder just avoiding the plane altogether, finish in sixth seed, maybe even possibly the fifth seed if everything goes perfectly right, um, and just play a really tough first-round series that goes six or seven games against one of these top worth of conference teams in the Nuggets, Grizzlies, or Kings, or even the Suns, um, and just have a very competitive series and just, you know, end the season on a very positive note. Yeah, I think that this could be a really fun ending to the year, and, and... – I've been saying that, you know, if you, if you take away what we thought this Thunder team would be and just look at what they have been, uh, we'd be very uh, willing to crown them as like a as like an NBA play play in postseason lock. It's just a matter of where they're going to finish uh, in the standings. We wouldn't be kind of doing this whole song and dance of, oh, will they get in? Won't they get in? Uh, are, what are they going to pivot toward? Like it, it would just be like, hey, this team's going to be a postseason team. It's just a matter of where they're going to fall. Uh, I think that you look at them and they execute a lot better than most teams do, despite being the second youngest team ever and the youngest team in this season. Uh, you look at the Mavericks last night defending the wrong basket. Like the Thunder don't do that kind of stuff. Like the Thunder do not do not mess those kind of things up. Uh, but they also have 
you know, some, some flaws of a lack of rim protection and, and, and some games where you just get absolutely out-rebounded that really cause uh, the downfall of the team. But overall, I think that when you have a guy like SGA who can score at will, who can be a superstar, when you have a guy like Lou Dort who can defend in the half-court set, and then when you have guys who can you know just kind of not randomly, but like any given night can take a huge leap, like Josh Giddy, triple doubles, J-Dub scoring 20-plus points. Isaiah Joe could just somehow hit six threes in a playoff game, and that changes the complexity of a game. And as we know, if you change one game, you change a series. And upsets typically don't happen in the NBA, but they they, they do happen some. I mean, the Thunder have been on the wrong end of some upsets uh, in the postseason, uh, you, you know, in their most recent stretches. Uh, in the postseason even so it can happen uh, that they can they can steal a first round series but I think that overall they're I think that they're going to get in the postseason I think that's how the season's going to finish but as far as how far it can take them like you said it's just sit back and and, and enjoy it I think that the the most logical bet would be to bet on this team um, giving a team absolute fits in the first round where yeah they might lose the series in six or seven but they had to work their tail off to get that first round series win. And then you go to the off season, you, you, you see how SGA is taking a leap every single summer of his career. You see how Josh Giddy has improved year to year and then continues to do so. Jalen Williams has that same work ethic. You add Chet Holmgren as the most in, in, important part of all of this. Plus you have assets, you know, salary cap, you have uh, a lot of draft picks and you have a very good draft class in this year's draft and a GM that's been proven to be willing to trade up in the draft uh, to, to go and continue to complete this team. So, no matter what happens, it's going to be a ton of fun. But I think that the Thunder are threats to get kind of they get kind of frisky in the postseason. Uh, if you want to kind of find maybe an outlier for the the postseason. Speaking of bets, though, go check out Fanduel. Fanduel is America's number one sports book. It is awesome for you to use. Go to Fanduel.com/slash/lockedon. You will get one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet does not hit up to a thousand dollars for new customers at Fanduel. Go there right now. You can bet on anything from the money line to the point spread to which team will score the most points, who will cut down the nets in March Madness for men and women's. Check it out today. It's an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Also, the web browser, uh, fanduel.com slash locked on. When you go there, you can find some great lines from the NBA to MLB to college basketball. Let's talk NBA real quick. The Thunder tonight are four-point underdogs on the road against the Clippers. Clemente, which way would you lean there? Oh, man, I think um, I'll probably pick the Thunder to cover for sure. Um, I mean, last game was a 101-100 final result. Um, and I, I, I expect a similar type of game to play out where it's just a back-and-forth game that isn't decided until, like, the final few possessions of the game. Um, so I would definitely pick OKC to cover. OKC covering. Clemente's got OKC winning, so you might want to go get, put some money on the money line there for FanDuel.com slash Lockdown. Check them out today. America's number one sports book and the official partner of the NBA. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Clemente, here it is. The final stretch. Now, we, we've talked about the Clippers. Going to go 4-0 against the Clippers, in your opinion. We're going to hold you to that. Now, tomorrow, same building against the Lakers. Sunday against Portland, who has seemingly given up on the season. What will happen Whenever we return together to the Paycom Center on Tuesday, when we're sitting around the media dining table, we'll be talking about this team having just gone 4-0 on the West Coast swing, or are they going to drop one of these next two? Because you've already marked this game down tonight as a win. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, dream scenario. I mean, it's it's hard not to pick OKC to win all four of these games, considering the high that we've all rode since that Tuesday when against the Clippers. But like most likely, most most likely case is that they end up dropping one of the Lakers or Blazers game just because of the loss of average. I know the Thunder have been like the hottest Western Conference team in their last ten games. They're eight and two, um, but it just kind of feels. It just kind of feels unrealistic and unfair to expect the Thunder to win all four of these games. Um, so I definitely think that they end up dropping um, either the Lakers or the Blazers game. If I have to pick one of those games at the end of losing, it's probably the Lakers game. Um, but yeah, I think I think a three-one prediction is pre- is a pretty safe bet. It'll be a lot of fun. It'll be a lot of fun to see how this all unwinds and winds down. Now, Clemente, we talked and hinted about what the what the national media is saying what are you saying should jada be rookie of the year ah oh, man um it's hard i mean jada has the efficiency jada has the advanced stats jada has the better team record but i think i would probably lean towards paulo just by smidge amount just because of the, just because of how tr- this word is traditionally voted upon um which is usually just um total stats total points total rebounds total assists all these other numbers um, so I think I would lean towards Bancaro. Um, but yeah, I mean, with 10 games left in the season, this could definitely be a situation where these last 10 games could really swing in J-Dub's favor and like the amount of momentum J-Dub's collected since the all-star break is too much for Bancaro to overcome. What would it take for you to see Mark knock off Brown as the coach of the year? Because, I think it'll be tough to do. I think that what, what Mike Brown's been able to do uh, with Sacramento has been nothing short of phenomenal. It's been great. Uh, but you know me. I'm a big Mark stan. Like, if there's ever been a stan of, uh, of Mark uh, uh, all, it's been myself on this podcast all three years. So, Clemente, what would the Thunder have to do to where you would say it would be egregious for him not to be uh, coach of the year? I mean, if they avoid the plane altogether and be a top six seed, I mean, it's it's just hard not to see they not not have the best case for coach of the year, especially considering what their preseason expectations were, what everybody was picking OKC to win before the season started in terms of national media. If OKC ends up being a top six seed at the end of the season, considering everything that's been going on, um, like it's hard it's hard not to argue why they not shouldn't win coach of the year. You're a man uh, that knows his way around the uh, Locked on Thunder podcast to make me feel good because that's exactly what I wanted to hear. I think that Mark should be coach of the year. I'll be pounding that drum. If the Thunder need any help promoting Mark and Jada propaganda, uh, you know where to find me. You know where to find me for, uh, for the, these two things. And now, lastly, with the awards things, SGA. Mentioned it, MVP whispers. Obviously, he's not going to win it. Like, that's obvious. Throw that out of your head. But he should get some MVP votes because if if you're just talking about most valuable player, he is is not. It's disingenuous that he's single handedly dragging the Thunder to to this success. But he, of course, is a massive catalyst. Where if you take him off of this team, the Thunder are nowhere near where they're at right now, and that inherently is incredibly valuable. So I think that he should finish top five in MVP. Am I wrong? No, yeah, you're 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 definitely right. I mean. um, like you, like you did your little exercise last week in your, your pop where if you do like a blind resume test between the Thunder and the Lakers, um, the Thunder like are clearly the better team. If you do a blind resume test with like Shea's stats, whether it's traditional per game stats, advanced analytics, 
um, efficiency stats. I mean, it's just hard not to see how why Shea shouldn't finish top five in MVP voting. I mean, we've been doing the song and dance hall season long where the only other players who have had similar seasons of Shea were averaging 30-plus points on 60-plus true shooting percentage. The only other players that reach those benchmarks are Dwayne Wade and Michael Jordan. Um, those are the two names that pop up the most. Um, and considering um, the stature of those players, I mean, I think it's a given that she should be top five in MVP voting with the season he's having and with just the season OKC's having for sure. And of course, that would land him in the All NBA lock category and arguably should be first team All NBA, but that's another argument for another day. We have plenty of time to talk about that. Uh, but ending it with this, Clemente, your emotions whenever you're watching that game come down to that Lou Dort stop. Like, there's just something different about being on the defensive end whenever the game is is going to be coming down to the wire and being won or lost at the buzzer. That defensive side is just a lot more nerve-wracking because you feel like you have a lot less control on that end. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was talking to uh, one of my buddies the other day about this game that I, I, this is the first time I felt these type of feelings since I was in high school watching this team. I mean, it, it's just crazy. Um, just what I was feeling during that game where you're running on an adrenaline high the morning after as well. Um, I, I, I didn't go to sleep until like three, four in the morning just because of this game, just because of how wild it was. And to experience those feelings again of these last couple of years where the Thunder basically been rebuilding and playing meaningless games um, at this part of the season, the March and April. I mean, it's, it's a great feeling to have. Um, and it definitely reflected, um, with just the amount of talk that they had on Twitter. I mean, I was seeing local Oklahoma accounts talk about the funder for the first time in months. Um, and like, it definitely feels like that the funder are slowly but surely turning a corner when it comes to entering this, this next phase of competitive basketball with this new young four. I cannot wait for it. I, I, I hope, hope, hope that no matter what happens tonight, no matter what happens Friday, no matter what happens Sunday, that on Tuesday, the Paycom Center is sold out. I know it's a school night. I know it's the Hornets, but they deserve a special welcome home to this uh, from this road trip that they just went on on the West Coast. So hopefully you all will be in the Paycom Center with me and Clemente on Tuesday. Clemente, thank you so much for joining us. Anything that you want to say before we go or promote or anything like that? Yeah, you can just follow me on Twitter um, at C Almanza, which is A L M A N Z A one zero zero seven. Follow my work at OKC Funderwire for sure. Uh, daily articles produced there. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, just give those two things a follow, and I would, I definitely appreciate it. Clemente, thanks for coming on. I love the trick that you and I can pull with the audience by saying, oh, the Thunder haven't done X since we were in high school, which was four years ago. So that was a, that was a great <laughs> trick that we got to pull on them uh, for that time being. But until tomorrow, we recap this Clippers game. Be good. Be good to one another.